What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash Bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Miriam and Aaron stood quietly, watching. They were watching Moses interact and do his daily work, judging the people, going into the tent of meeting, going to the tabernacle. Moses is working hard, and I think Miriam and Aaron, his older brother and sister, are just standing there watching him. They've got an angry look on their face. They're not happy. You know, I can imagine they watch Moses walk into the tent of meeting and then they see the glory of the Lord descend in that pillar of cloud. And then later on, they see Moses come back out and talk to them maybe about his meeting with Yahweh and, and what a wonderful God they serve and all the wonders of Yahweh. And as they listened, I think Miriam and Aaron, they're trying to hold back envy. I think they're trying to not let envy creep into their lives. God spoke through us too, maybe Aaron thinks. God speaks through me too, but for some reason, Moses gets all the glory and recognition by Yahweh. You know, I think at first they were able to laugh it off or ignore these feelings of jealousy and envy. But now, for Miriam and Aaron, it was becoming too much. Why did Yahweh choose Moses to get all the headlines? Aaron was the chosen high priest, and Miriam was a prophet, and she danced, and a pretty good dancer. And she'd written a tremendous song right after the whole Red Sea incident. I mean, it's in the Bible. It's scripture. That's pretty impressive. And I wonder if Miriam and Aaron thought, you know what the most offensive thing is? Moses is our little brother. We're the older siblings. We should get more credit and more power. And I think finally, like a year and a half down the road, they began meeting together and airing their grievances to each other, complaining and getting jealous. Their dissatisfaction began to grow and grow and grow and grow. And now, Roughly a year and a half to two years after they had left Egypt, Aaron and Miriam decide 
Enough is enough. Now is the time to push for a share of the power and prestige. So together, they hatched a plan to knock Moses off his high mountain and to knock him down a peg or two. And their nefarious plan, you know where it began? It began with complaining about his wife. Now, what is happening here? This is Aaron, right? He was willing to be the second in command. He was going to be Moses' spokesperson ever since the burning bush, right? Because Moses is too afraid to speak up. So God says, all right, Aaron, you speak for Moses. And this is Miriam. Again, she's a prophet. She's a whole chapter in the Bible, and she writes beautiful poetry, and she's a great dancer. I mean, God was using all three, really, to lead Israel, but... I think Aaron and Miriam, I wonder if they saw that intimate, special relationship that Moses had with Yahweh. And they wanted that, you know? I think they saw how Moses and Yahweh talked face to face and how they would meet in the tent and talk for hours. I mean, his face glowed forever for goodness sake. You know, they never got that. And I think Aaron and Miriam saw that special relationship and wondered, why can't that be us? Why can't that be me? You know, I think we all have times like that, right? With friends, with family. When things are going great for them, or your brother or sister gets a great promotion, or a better job opportunity, or your friend, you know, he gets the opportunity you always wanted, in the place you always wanted to go, and you're left with nothing. Or your friend gets that video game you always wanted, and you're jealous, and it's not fair. Everybody's life seems better, and you start to get mad and bitter, Everything seems better for the other person, or so it seems. We've all been there. Jealousy is ugly and a terrible thing to harbor. Why can't we just be happy for people? I mean, why couldn't Miriam and Aaron have been happy for Moses and realized with that relationship probably comes tremendous responsibility? I mean, instead of just seeing his relationship, Aaron and Miriam... They should have realized all the work that Moses had to do in a day just to lead Israel. But it came to a point when that jealousy made them want to bring Moses down. I can imagine Aaron is standing there scratching his chin. How can I bring Moses down? What could we do to get him to knock him out of power? I wonder. As Aaron and Miriam are plotting and scheming, they're trying to think of a plan, and, and then I imagine Miriam looks over. And a smile comes on her face. She sees her, Zipporah. Zipporah, her sister-in-law, Moses' wife. Hmm. Maybe that's the way. I mean, Zipporah is from another tribe. And that's got to break some type of law. Man, this is bad, isn't it? Aaron and Miriam were mad enough that they were willing to sully and darken the name of Moses just to get a share of the power. They're going to make up bad stuff about Zipporah just to try to make Moses have a bad name. 
Well, they did. They began to spread rumors and false gossip about Moses and Zipporah, his wife. See, Zipporah was a Cushite, which means she was from a different race completely. And she was a Midianite. She wasn't even a Jew by birth. Now, she was probably, the big word is a proselyte. She'd probably converted to Judaism. And she'd probably converted to the one true worship of the one true God, but she wasn't a Jew by birth, no. She was a Midianite, and she was a Cushite, which to many Jews meant she was from an inferior race. This was racism at its finest. Aaron and Miriam had hatched a plan to take down Moses through gossip, and it was racist, and it was a terrible An awful plan. See, they would talk to others about Zipporah and how unfit she was to be helping to lead the people and to raise the kids of Israel's great leader. It seems because of some of the Hebrew words in this whole story and the choices of where they're laid out in the manuscript, it looks like this rebellion against Moses was being driven by Miriam, not Aaron. She was an unhappy big sister, and it, and if it meant taking down her little brother, she had no problem with that. And so, every time they moved, every time they walked, every time they walked around the tents, every time they went anywhere, they kept complaining and using the same complaint about Zipporah, complaining about Moses' Cushite wife, complaining about Zipporah, but really... It wasn't about Zipporah. It wasn't about that at all. Numbers 12 verse 2 reveals the big complaint Miriam and Aaron had. It says, Has Yahweh indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? I mean, that is about as big a jealousy as you can get they were just downright jealous so when they sat down after marching for a week or marching for a day you know i can imagine miriam gets her gaggle of friends together and she begins to complain about zipporah behind her back and and then she probably threw in complaints about moses and and then she got to the heart of it and complained about how Moses gets all the leadership. Hadn't hadn't God spoken through them as well? Shouldn't they have some of that leadership? Shouldn't they be part of it? Because God speaks through Aaron. God speaks through her, Miriam. So why is it that Moses gets the leadership all to himself? Because doesn't God speak through Aaron and Moses as well? You know, they are complaining about Zipporah, but deep down inside, they are mad about God's favoritism towards Moses in their heads. Well, of course, God can see through our pretenses and our lies. And one day, it says in Numbers chapter 12 that Yahweh heard Aaron and Miriam complaining. Now, God is omnipresent and omniscient, so I'm sure he knew about the complaining and the attempted coup of Moses' leadership by Aaron and Miriam well before it happened. So, to get ahead of the problem before this brewing coup really blew off steam and became a huge problem, Yahweh called for a meeting. What we would call a, 
a, a come to Jesus type of meeting. Well, since Yahweh is Jesus, but you know, also not Jesus, let's just say Yahweh schedules a come to Yahweh meeting, and Yahweh asked for all three of them, Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, to come to the tent of meeting. Now, I think Moses, he didn't have a clue about what was happening. He probably heard the voice of God asking Moses and Aaron and Miriam to come to the tent of meeting, and Moses probably thought, awesome! Maybe Miriam and Aaron are going to be blessed in some wonderful way. Now, why do I say that? I say that because the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man to ever walk the face of the earth. That's what it says right there in Numbers 12 in the middle of the story. That Moses was the meekest or the humblest man to ever walk the earth. And I have found that the meek, the humble, those people always have the best impressions of other people. You know, they always stay away from the grapevine and the gossip chain. You know, they stay away from those things at work so that they can maintain their positive views of family, friends, co-workers. So I think when they showed up, Moses had no clue what this was all about. Then the Bible says the Lord descends in a cloud and stands at the door of the tent of meeting. And the Bible says he stood there in a form, a discernible form. One version says Yahweh descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance to the tent, Numbers 12, 5. Now, I think God took on the form of a man, possibly a pre-incarnate Jesus. And I think he took on this form whenever he spoke with Moses. Well, here Yahweh descends in the cloud of glory and stood at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And there Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, I think they're standing in the tent and they could see this man standing before them at the entrance to the tent. And I wonder if Moses saw his good friend who he talked with every day and, and Miriam and Aaron saw this man for the first time. Well, he didn't just see a man. The man began to speak. And the, the man who is the Lord, who is Yahweh, spoke to all three of them. And you know what's interesting? Is Yahweh spoke in poetry to them. Now, it doesn't come through as poetry, but this whole thing he's about to say is a poem in Hebrew. And he says, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not bad so far, you know, if I'm thinking of Miriam or Aaron. Yahweh mentions the fact that there are other prophets in the camp, you know. And he's probably referencing Miriam and Aaron here. It is true, Yahweh says, I do talk through other people. I have others who serve me. And Miriam and Aaron are probably thinking, yes, we're going to get our dues finally. You know, it's interesting. Yahweh says, I talk to them, but I talk to them in a dream. And I talk to them in a vision. And, and again, I'm thinking Miriam and Aaron are saying, that's us. I, God has talked to me in a vision. God has talked to me in a dream. But then Yahweh adds, but not so with my servant Moses. 
He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, indeed clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of Yahweh. Wow. Now Yahweh goes on to point out that with Moses, Yahweh speaks to him radically different than to any other prophet. Moses gets to see the form of God. Here, Yahweh is sharing that Moses gets to see an actual visual representation of Yahweh. Yahweh in human form, I talked about earlier. So maybe these three aren't seeing Yahweh in human form. Maybe they're just hearing a voice from the pillar of cloud. But the Bible says Yahweh descended and stood at the entrance to the tent. He can't stand if you're just a voice, can you? So then maybe, just maybe, the human form standing in front of them was a partial revelation. Maybe Moses was used to seeing Yahweh clearer and closer, and and here Yahweh is standing in the shadows, in the cloud, talking to Miriam and Aaron, where you couldn't really see him, but you saw his form. I don't know. All I know is that when Moses saw God, he saw him in a form, and in a form that was clear and not in Anyway, unclear or, or full of riddles or confusing. In any way, it was clear as day. Remember earlier in the Bible, it said in a story I told earlier, right, that Moses spoke to God as a friend talks to a friend. And here Yahweh says, I speak to Moses mouth to mouth, clearly, face to face. He sees my form. You don't get that, Miriam. You don't get that, Aaron. Why? Because Moses is faithful in his household. That's what Yahweh says. Now, what does that mean to be faithful in his household? It basically means Moses is faithful in everything he does with regards to the things of the Lord. Another way to translate this phrase is Moses is trusted over all my house. Moses is trusted over all my house. In other words, Yahweh is telling Miriam and Aaron and Moses that I trust Moses completely. I trust Moses with everything in my house. He is welcome in my home. Well, I'm sure that is not what Aaron and Miriam really wanted to hear. Moses is faithful and trustworthy, and we have a different type of relationship than we have with any other prophet, and, you know, I speak in visions to Miriam and Aaron, but I speak clearly and in a form, and I trust Moses completely. Totally different relationship, and I'm sure, you know, Aaron and Miriam are starting to maybe get a little disappointed, but then Yahweh lowers the hammer punches home the message because Yahweh then says this why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant against Moses Mike dropped I wonder what Moses thought when he heard this remember I think this was the first time he had heard of it my brother and sisters talking bad about me my own siblings running my name into the ground? I mean, that must have been hard to take. Well, it got worse for Aaron and Miriam. It got a lot worse, particularly for Miriam to be exact. 
And remember, I think God singled out Miriam because she was the one leading the rebellion. After God dropped the hammer and pointed out their sin, then the Bible says Yahweh burned with anger towards Miriam and Aaron. And then just like that, Yahweh left. But as the cloud was lifting from the tent, Miriam looks down and she notices her hands, her, her arms, her face, her neck are covered in rotting flesh. Her skin was leprous. I can imagine Miriam falls to the ground screaming in fear. I mean, this wasn't just itchy skin. The Bible says Aaron compared her skin and the way she looks to one who was dead, whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. Like a half-dead fetus. This must have looked terrible. It must have looked frightening. And it seems as if Aaron was also cursed and infected by probably the same disease as his sister. For he asked the Lord not to place the sin on us. He uses the plural word, us. They're both in trouble. They're both probably sitting, crumpled, in pain on the floor. And then they turn to the one person who can help them. The one person they were trying to knock down is the one person that can actually help them, their little brother Moses. Aaron doesn't talk directly to Yahweh, but instead pleads with his brother to intercede on his and Miriam's behalf. Please help us, Moses asks Please help us, Moses. Ask Yahweh for help, please. So Moses, he cries out to God and asks for help and specifically asks for Yahweh to heal his big sister Miriam. Now, if I were Moses, I might have let them suffer just a little, just a little before crying out to God, but not Moses. Remember, he's the most meek man who ever walked on the earth. He instead immediately asks Yahweh for healing for his sister. And Yahweh responds by telling Moses, I will heal her. But she will need to spend seven days outside the camp. Basically, God says, I'll heal her, but she needs to spend seven days in quarantine before she can be reunited with her family. So the camp didn't move. The camp stayed another seven days until Miriam was back with them again. And I wonder, I wonder what Miriam thought for those seven days. You know, did she get bitter and angry and work on plotting her next revenge or come back against Moses? I think instead she probably begged God for continual mercy. And thanked him for his kindness in healing her and Aaron. I think it's interesting that Miriam had to be separated from her family, from her tribe for seven days. Sin does that, doesn't it? You know, we seek prestige, fame, recognition. We do sinful things to try to get that thing that we think we want. But in the end, all sin does is separate us. Separate us from our loved ones, from the good thing we were after, and ultimately it separates us from our God and here, 
from our family. Have you ever been jealous of a brother or a sister or a family member and you kick and scream to try to get what you think you deserve and all it ends up doing is alienating you even further from everyone? Miriam was quarantined for seven days. But in the end, she was brought back to the family. Why? Because remember, Yahweh, he's a gracious God, a forgiving God, who will show mercy to a thousand generations, and who will show mercy to Moses' big sister. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.